Yo, what's going on? Y'all, it's your boy So-So, in case you ain't know so. And welcome back to another dope episode of Sports with So-So. Coming to you live, y'all. This week, the Heat come back home tied 2-2 in the Eastern Conference Finals. The Panthers get swept out of the playoffs again by a familiar foe. PGA Championship was decided by a playoff this weekend. The Dolphins are starting OTAs this week. And we're talking Marlins with friend of the program, Devin, who's here to join us live in studio. It's time to take a ride, y'all. Let's go. I'm not going to lie. I've been missing missing out on the pizza mañana lately, dog. Yo, definitely <laughs> no pizza today, my friend. No, not today. Not today. Um, today is Tuesday, the 24th, right? Am I tripping? No, today's the 24th. Today is, is the 24th. May 24th, correct. Yeah. Today's Tuesday, the 24th. By, and um, May 25th by the time you're listening to this. Right, Wednesday. Um, and we got a lot to talk about, man. First and foremost, as always, brother, it's good to see you in the building. Oh, yeah. Um, man, what a good weekend, we right? We had a great weekend. We had an awesome good, weekend. An awesome weekend. Everybody around knows that we had an awesome weekend, man. You want to give a recap real quick as to what we're talking about? Um, well, we saw a couple of heat games, right? We we saw a really good, well, two get good heat games, Well, right? before we get into that. Yeah, we're going to get into the golf stuff. I'm, I'm building it up. We saw two good uh, heat games, two bad heat games in that week. Then Saturday, well, Friday night, we get a, a phone call from Coach Sib. Um, On Friday night. Friday night, yeah. An emergency call to the golfers. You know, like when the bat signal would turn on, instead of a bat signal, it was it's like a, a golf call. It's a, it's a golfer hacking, it's a, slicing a ball. Exactly. And, um, or in he, my case, hooking it. Yeah, he gave us the call, man, and um, he, he, he needed a foursome. We needed to put together a foursome for a Broward Canes event, a charity event that was happening at the Pembroke Lakes Golf Course. And um, he invited you, and then you invited me. And we had the homie Mick out there. Mickey, shout out to Mickey for hitting some bombs out there on Saturday. We but, played uh, great, dog. We played great as a foursome. For us four never having played together. Ever. Ever in a scramble. Yeah, and only and one our, of us is really good. <laughs> and our skill level mixed and combined with Alex's greatness. I mean, right. I was I was impressed at how we finished the day out, but dude, Hell it was yeah. a great time. It, what a great time. Um, obviously, we had a lot of fun. Um, we, sh- we, we played well, right? And we shot a 61 as a team. Which was really good. Oh, I think, yeah. what place did we end up coming? Tie for, like, tie for six or something or seventh, like that. Some shit like that, yeah. right? Yeah. It wasn't that bad. And it was cool. Excuse me. Yeah, bless you, sir. Oh. Uh, no, absolutely dope event, man. It was all free. Thanks, you know, the, the hookup uh, that Alex got. It was uh, basically we were taking over somebody's spot that just couldn't make it, unfortunately. But, you know, one, man, one man's trash is another man's treasure. And we looked out, dog. We had a great time. Free round of golf. Drinks, food, I mean, you name the whole it. Nine. And, and the best part about it all is we got a buttload of content. Oh, man. Out of that day that, I mean, <laughs> we're, we're going to bring to you guys on the YouTube channel. Yes. Uh, coming here very soon. Um, speaking of YouTube, uh, go follow Miami Golf Pros and subscribe to the Miami Golf Pros page on YouTube. Because you're dropping a video yourself of the Miami Golf Bros 2022 yep. Open. Yep. The video is uh, about ready. Um, dropped a teaser trailer, getting a lot of really good reactions around that. People are pretty pumped. Uh, they want the video, the full video to come out. 
Um, we just got to go in mind. We got to get to 25 subscribers. So it might be there already by the time you're hearing this. Right. Uh, hopefully it is. If it is, you know, join the bandwagon now while, you know, while it's early. Subscribe. Uh, just get in there, you know, subscribe. The video's coming out soon. Uh, if it's not there, help your brother out. Go ahead and subscribe. Help me get to 25. It's a, it's a low goal, but you know, go nonetheless. Attainable, so, baby. Well, we'll get there. And then, uh, we got, like I said, the, the four man scramble. Um, we got lots of content coming out of that. It's going to be so funny. It's going to be so funny. Good, good shots. A lot of good, good moments. times, good moments. Um, back and forth. Yeah, moves. man. Awesome. And good, fun, funny commentary. Just that one little clip that you were showing me. We were driving around and that's after I put that ball right. in the backyard. Yes. That, that donation. That, 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 leave it there. Leave it there. <laughs> we got, we got a ton of that coming up. So awesome yeah, weekend. Um, and then yeah, I mean, a ton of things going on in the sports world. A ton. Uh, emotional roller coaster for, for us heat fans. Um, I was going to wear my new jersey that I just got, but I'm going to save that for, gotta save that for we, game time. We, yeah, for a game time. And also, yeah. you know, for, if I'm going to podcast, and it has to be after after a dub. You know what I mean? Like right now, it's it's hurtful. I'm wearing the, the Panthers hat right now, and, and it, hurts it, sucks. To wear, it hurts to wear this, it sucks but I got to do it. I gotta, we've been supporting the boys all year, and this is like one final tip of the cap to them, you know? All right, all right. Um, I'm not going to be that happy with the Panthers, but we'll jump into them a little bit later. Let's, let's start off with the Heat, yeah. right? Because... They're the freshest on our mind right now. Um, pretty much since we recorded last episode, we haven't been able to talk about the Heat because they started the series after we recorded. And you and I had both reservations about the game and like about the series, how it was going to turn out, whether it was going to be in five games, six games, is it going seven games? For me, um, I felt like the Heat were the, uh, the more underrated of the two teams. And that gave them the edge because the Heat tend to play with an edge when they're the underdogs and, and people count them out and don't give them the respect that they deserve. They play with some type of fire usually. And that's what I was expecting to happen this series. And we almost had it. Going all the way up into game four, we almost had that possibility of winning this series in five games. Um, we start off game one, right, with an amazing feat. Game one, um, we had Jimmy Butler go off for 40 points. Right, we get the dub at home. Um, feeling real confident, especially since the Celtics got off to a really hot start in the first half. He had that famous third quarter where we shut him down, thirty-three to like nine or something like that, or nineteen. Swung the whole entire game and momentum into the favor of the Heat, and the Heat just did what they do: close out the game, take game one. Game two was a completely different game. We had Boston come out and be the more physical team, get more free throws, attack the paint. Get more rebounds. Make shots. Yeah, make shots, which, you know. Something we've been struggling with in the series at times. Right, and in, and to to not over-review, like, gloss over it, in game one, they didn't have Horford, who was out with COVID or COVID-related. And also whatever. their defensive player of the year, Marcus Smart. Correct. He was out with an injury. Uh, I think it was his knee or his ankle. I believe it was an ankle, ankle injury. Yeah, right? ankle-related. Yeah, and they were out without him. Kyle Lowry didn't play the first game for the Heat. Yep. Um, missed the second game as well. Smart and Horford came back for Boston in game two, and Boston ultimately took that game because they played better. Marcus Smart had a hell of a game, hell of an impact for them. And then you combine that with us playing poorly and just, like again, like I said, not scoring. It just was not dropping for us that game. Well, they were incredible from threes. I think they hit a like uh, a franchise record nine three-pointers in a playoff game in the first quarter of that game. They ended up making a total of 13 for the half, and... You know, again, for a team that doesn't shoot that well from three-point land, they shot really well from three-point land in game two. And they ultimately won that game. 
And what bothered about me about that is how the media covered that oh game. Oh, my God. Don't even get me started on the media, dog. That's been the topic of conversation with everybody. Everywhere, right? And, and, and I do got to say this. Uh, you know, I know I, got, I gave Cal Lowry a lot of, uh, of, of, of grief last week <clears throat> because of his play in that, that Hawk series and, and everything that he's been dealing with and whatnot. Um, but he, he's proven why we went out and got a guy like Cal Lowry this, for this series, even though, you know, there's been some, sometimes where you're still frustrated with him. Offensively. Um, his presence is needed it's, yeah. and it's felt, um, you know, just how he commands the, the, the offense when he's there and then defensively the impact that he's able to have. I mean, in game three, where we, you know, where it would have taken right. on the road, uh, he had a, a huge uh, steal at the end of the game. You know, that, to that, pretty that, much, and then found Strews, that, right, right, that you know, the, making the, those passes and stuff like that. So, um, huge credit to him. But back to your point, as far as how the media is covering all of this, you know, the big headline from that game, for instance, was oh, the Heat blew a twenty-six point lead. It wasn't the Heat managed to defeat Boston on the road. Without their star player playing for the second half. half. That wasn't the narrative. The narrative was the Heat almost blew. You know, Celtics almost came back from 26 points. Right. Well, they didn't. They didn't. And we took game one on the road. And then what didn't, the stupidest stupidest thing that I've heard, and I'm sure you're tired of hearing it too, and all you Heat fans are tired of hearing it as well, is this whole quarters thing. Oh, but oh my God. Boston has won quarters, this, this, and that, or tight. Who cares about that? Who cares about that? It's all about winning the game. Not winning a quarter, not winning a half, not winning the second half. You win the game. And ultimately, who's going to win the series? You know what I mean? Nobody like, cares about how many quarters you won. How nobody's going to care. How many tip-offs you got in your favor. How many you know fouls you had. Nobody cares about none of the, the those details. All that matters is the wins and the losses. Correct. And look, and in, and in the wins that the Heat have had, you get a really good performance or a start performance from your guys who you expect. In game one, it was... Here, uh, Butler with the 41-point game, right? In game two, in game three, pardon me, was Bam. Bam had that 31-point game with 10 rebounds. I think he had six assists as well. He played really well that game, was able to put his imprint into the game immediately from the get-go and really be aggressive, right? Now, granted, a lot of people were saying that, oh, well, Robert Williams III wasn't playing that game, so that's probably why. But at the same time. At the same time, the style of play that Bam exhibited in Game Three is something that frustrates Heat fans because that's the 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 that's what we can expect from Bam Adebayo. What we expect night in and night out, and he gives us that on the defensive side of the ball. He gives us that in the overall hustle, but offensively, the attack mentality that he had on uh, in Game Three, man, where he was just you know that was what he was trying to do was game <clears throat> to the get to the basket and create right. something or draw a foul or, or kick out to the three-point line, generating offense for us from the, the you know, from inside the paint. I mean, that that right there, we do that. That's a formula to success when you add in our three-point shooting, our defense, and Jimmy Butler. But for Bam, I feel like what, what really set him off for that was the fact that he was just assertive with his moves. Absolutely. Zero hesitation. Yeah. It wasn't the, I'm going to check and then check, and then here's here's a fake jab, fake jab, fake jab, fake jab, and then I'm going to try to put it on the floor. That's a lot more of what we saw last night in game four. Correct. You know? And and that's, the, that's one of the topics I wanted to hit on. Like, our young stars, the guys that we're depending on, right? Hero, Bam, um, who's another one? Struess. Vincent. Vincent. 
we're depending on these guys. Yeah, they're not stars. They don't have the pedigree that a Jalen Brown has or the name that a Marcus Smart has or whatever. But these guys are dogs. And they've been dogs all season long, playing really well for us, contributing, actually adding value to whatever is happening within the team. Those guys haven't been doing it in this series for whatever reason. I don't know if the moment might be too much for them. It can't be because we've been in this situation before. But, like, with Bam, it's almost it's almost like we have to concede that he's not going to be offensively gifted. You know, that those 30-point games are, are going to be rarer and rarer as we go on because he just doesn't show that type of consistency. Like, we're, let's talk about game four now, right? Bam only had... I mean, before before we get started on one particular player, right? it was an absolute atrocity Correct. across the board by Correct. the whole entire team. The whole starting group had 19 points. Now, with that said, let's deep dive. Let's start off with Bam, right? Because coming off that game that he had, that's the guy that you looked at and say, well, let's see if he can continue to bring that energy. He looked like he didn't even want to be there. You know? He wasn't in it. That he, whole Heat team didn't want to be there, dog. No, no, no. The guys were focused. Like, Kyle Lowry was in it, right? But his passing was way off. Like, way the F off. Like, way off. You know what I mean? Like, he was catching guys behind them when they were cutting. He couldn't put in entry passes the right way. You know, like, he would try to make a pass to somebody who was in the post that get blocked out. Like, it wasn't clean passing from Kyle Lowry. Probably his worst point guard game that I've seen him in a Heat uniform. Let's look at the other guy. Um, Tyler Hero missed the game, right, because of the quad injury. Okay, cool. So we don't have Hero. We start um, Struess again. He played horrible. Cold. Cold from the get-go from three. Uh, Let's talk about Jimmy Butler. It looked like he just was forcing everything to try to they bring the were. team. No, but him I, in specifically. Him I, specifically. Felt, I felt like it got to do it because we started off that game. It was like 10 to 1 or something like that. And it was like 19 to 1 at one point. It, but that's what I was going to get to. Then it, it ended up getting, they scored another nine. Like we got a one free throw basically. And then they got to the point where it was 19 to 1. And in that whole sequencing of like it kept just getting out of our hands, it, it started off like they got a, they got a three, they got this kid back or whatever. He got a three, he got a bucket, he had five points, and he had seven points. And then we've missed three or four consecutive shots. And then it just seems like that mind game that it's like, <laughs> all right, all right, guys, let's uh, somebody, somebody somebody make, make a back, basket. that bucket here, you know. And and it just never came. The bucket never came. And credit to Spo for trying anybody to get a spark. Deadman was taking shots. Um, Struz came off the bench. Vincent was trying. Oladipo was the, the one, only the only shining light. Who not? And he was a shining light because his shots were going in. Right. It's not like he was getting extra looks or if we no. were no, he was just doing his he was regular the only thing. one that was really, but his shots were going in. Yeah. Everybody else three point he said he's the one that started it off for us. He had like the first three for us on our yep. when we had I don't know, like 10, 12, 13 missed straight field goals Correct. or something. It was it was awful. I think it was the lowest uh quarter that we've had in a playoff game since like nineteen you know, eighty something, well, seventy something. Absolutely. Um, lowest playoff game. In, uh, I'm sorry. It was the lowest quarter in a playoff game since like the seventies. Um, lowest heat uh, performance in for a half in like twenty years, over twenty years. Like it was a devastatingly bad performance. No, all around. And I and I totally like going into that game. Honestly, I knew I was like, all right, we got game three. 
right. took the first one. We're back to even now. We got the game that they took for, on us. So going into this game, it, it, you would like to, but it's not a must win. Right. And it's like, all right, it's not a must win. But, it was for me, but, though. But damn. Well, yeah, you have them in five. <laughs> Obviously, we know your record, this playoffs with that. So mine is still in play in seven, which is where I see, unfortunately, where I see this series going because of just these heavy shifts, man, of just like one team looking like the outright, like, better team right and then just the other team just completely sucking it up man and, it, and it's it's awful to see because it's like we know we can play better at the end of the day I, I i truly believe and it's not just because i'm a heat fan i think we do have the better team you know i know that they on paper they might have you know like you said the names but like for team for team coach for coach like you know everything i think that's what it's going to come down to it's going to come down to that game seven and that's going to be probably the most exciting game of this series and i think that's where we're going to show what we're really made of i disagree with you in a couple of things here um first i think this game five is going to be the most exciting one because i feel like we haven't gotten that close game it's like you said it's been a roller coaster of a series we kick their ass they kick our ass we kick their ass they kick our ass you know what i mean um so there hasn't been any type of like consistency on both squads right and i was talking with a boston celtics fan last night and i was telling him <clears throat> you can't feel excuse me you can't feel too excited about this win if you're a celtics fan because if you look at your stats and how your team played it wasn't great at all you know that he played bad and and yeah you we beat ourselves it's not like the boston went out there and like shut us down completely or you know didn't let us take shots where it's blocking everything that Nah, we we had our mid-range shots, a bunch of mid-range shots, which we missed. We had a bunch of looks at the right, inside the paint, which were either blocked or missed. And then obviously we got cold until the fourth quarter where a couple Duncan hit a couple of threes. Victor Oladipo was still shooting threes. And we were, we, we were able to make up some of that. But ultimately, I feel like the Heat really did that to themselves. Yeah. They damaged themselves, which allowed Boston to beat us easier. Right, easily. Um, but Boston, you know, you, they didn't look great yesterday. They didn't on, on, on Monday. They didn't look great, honestly. And I don't feel like, like, like we can't win these next two games just to finish it off. Because we went to Boston already in the hardest of conditions. Go out there and win game three. Because game three is, is the harder of the two, in my opinion, to win. Right. Game three is hard because you're just getting there. They have the momentum. They just won. They're heading back home. They're feeling confident. They slept in their beds. Family's going to be there. That's a harder game to win. Right. And we went out there and whooped them. And then game four, we shit the bed. So I kind of feel like we have one more good performance left in Boston that we kind of owe it to them. No, so I mean, game five is uh, tonight. Um, probably eight thirty, like the other games that have, have, have rung. Um, here in Miami, and game and, six is a Friday, and then game six is going to be Friday. Um, uh, as of right now, I, I think we have our full squad ready to go. I know Correct. Marcus Smart was out for game four for them again, right? I don't know if yeah, he missed game four. I don't know if he's going to be available for these next couple of games. It's going to be I'm, tough. I'm assuming, I mean, it's in the season, bro. Every, even if you are like everybody's hurt, dog. Right, for sure. <laughs> literally. Joaquin said, "Dominate." And we not dominating. <laughs> all right. Shout out to Rob for sure. Um, but no, man, it's you know Wednesday night. This this game at home, we we definitely are. We have to bounce back after that dreadful True. loss, man. It True. has to be. I hope I hope it is 
true. I, you know, I think it, it should be the most exciting uh, game of the series thus far. Um, but frankly, I, I truly believe that they're, you know, this is going to go the seven games. We're going to come back. We're going to win it at home. And, and that game should be spectacular. Well, it'll be good timing, man, because game seven is scheduled for Sunday. And then we'll be back in studio on Monday. Oh, um, that would be ideal. Right. And that would be ideal. Ideal would be like it doesn't get to Sunday. Right, right. Yeah, we finish it in game <laughs> right, six And we Friday, finish it right? on game six Friday, right? Yeah, so then Saturday, pizza mañana. And then, and then Saturday, pizza mañana. You can have the, you know, Memorial Day weekend, kick it off right. And, and, and let's do the damn thing, That's you know? It. Um, but like I said, I really feel like the, the reason why the Heat can win in six is because we got that harder game to win. And like you said earlier in the segment when it started, initially all we wanted to do was come back home to Miami 2-2, best case, worst case scenario. Best case scenario, 3-1. Right. Worst case scenario, 2-2. And then it's a three-game series where us playing two games at home. I'll take that. All I'm day. sure all, day. all Heat fans will take that, you know. Um, but we really need our young stars to shine. We need Bam to show up. We need Hero to show up. It can't just be all Jimmy. Yeah. Um, let's talk about this other team that was in the playoffs. Hence, <laughs> was in the playoffs. Was in the playoffs. Man, I, 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 went, to, I went to the game three. Yeah, what a vibe. Um, it was a great game. Devastating loss, though. Just It was four <laughs> losses in this series. That's all it took was four losses. Real quick, I didn't even. all devastating. I, didn't, I knew you were on your way home because you were asking me about the Heat game that day. And I was going to text you back. And I was like, damn, dog, how do you feel about the loss? And I was like, you know what? Save it. Let me not even bring it up. We're in the content game now, player. Yeah, man. Got to have the camera rolling for that. Yeah, man. But, but yeah, you know, that devastating loss in game three with 3.8 seconds left. So, uh, last, what, we recorded, what, last Monday? Yeah. Uh, no, game two. That was game two. No, I'm saying, though, we were, yeah, it was game two. But we recorded last Monday. When was Cor- game two? Correct. Thursday, game one was, yeah, we, we recorded before the whole series even correct. happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so let's start from the, the jump. Game one. Smacked. Smacked in the math. 3-0. I mean, they just came no, out. No, 3-1, excuse me. They, yeah, well, uh, and then one of them was an empty netter, actually. So it was a, it was a tight game, probably the tightest game of, uh, of the series. Game two was also pretty tight, actually, because that's one that I went to, and it, we thought we were going overtime. But, yeah, uh, 3-1, um, they just, you know, there was a goal that we had. They ended up taking it away, I'm pretty, pretty sure, because they had hit the net. Uh, that kind of changed some of the momentum and stuff. Duclair, uh, first career playoff goal, I think it was for him. He had a hell of game. a freaking playoff run, man, let me tell you. <clears throat> yeah, he did. He had a good playoff run, man. But, you know, the fact now in retrospect, you know, that was awesome then. But now in retrospect, looking back in the series and who scored for us and the fact that, you know, it wasn't hmm. the big name guys and it was guys like Duclair scoring is kind of, it kind of tells you what, you know, why what we lost in this series, right? Why we lost. So we go out and lose that one. You know, game two happens. I go to that game. Um, I'm thinking, you know what, these, these cardiac cats, they're going to come back. You know, there's no shot, no shot. They're going to lose back to back games at home. home? No way. I know this is the Tampa Bay lightning, right? The defending champions, two years running, going for the three P. I totally understand that, but this is a Panther team that we've seen flourish all year, you know, fight through adversity and bounce back and, and pull out victories when we needed the most. And that's what I was expecting. Great game all the way around. Um, exciting down to the very last second. The clock's winding down. We're tied up. The whole arena, in my opinion, was on, you know, set Standing on. Standing up. Hey, we're going to go grab one more beer and get ready for OT. Right. And just as the clock's expiring, right, they score the go-ahead goal to win the game. And they and and it was off of almost a clearance, right? Because they had pushed the puck to the behind yeah. the net. Yep. They were trying to battle for it, and the player for the line, his name escapes me right now, but he just kind of like did a backward pass because he figured, hey, maybe somebody's cutting. And sure enough, somebody was cutting. They hit that 
uh, slap shot right against the net. Got it past Big Bob. 3.8 seconds left, like you said, and and it's a critical loss, right, for the Panthers to lose two straight at home. Two straight at home for a team that was just amazing, amazing, not only in the playoffs, but at home. In the regular season, at home, scoring goals. So, and the drought continued, right? The, that was a big emphasis. The Panthers aren't scoring on the power play. Panthers aren't scoring on the power play. Panthers aren't scoring on the power play. And we didn't get not one goal this whole entire series. Oh, we did. Oh, we, we did, did get one. Did. We did get but one. But it didn't come when we needed it. No. Um, so the game three so was a, not even before we even get to that, man. I, I'll be honest with you. You know, I I, as, I don't like counting us out, but frankly, at that point, you know, game two, losing two at home, going into Tampa Bay. No, we need to see what Those two, two of those, those two games were back to back games. Sunday, Monday. It, I was like, man, if we pull out one, I, I'll be I'll be proud of the of this this team and this uh this crew of guys but honestly man it didn't look good from then and sure enough that's what happened man we ended up getting they got the brooms out game three uh it was not any better um uh, game three was a domination bro they, they would they we, was, we end up going bad. down five one they scored two bad. in the first bad. it was an ass whooping panthers don't respond they score another goal panthers don't respond and then it, after that once you saw that the score was one zero i'm like yo the panthers already lost the mental game of trying to be the first team to score yeah you can tell that they never recovered. And either of the games, in every game, they went down 1-0, 1-0, 1-0, and almost always in the first period. Yep. That's not how you play no, you can't. And you against know, and Tampa you, Bay. Well, you know what it, you, you got to give credit to is Tampa Bay's coach. Yeah. Right? We got we got and no shade at, at uh, Burnett, no. right, Coach Burnett. Um, but, you know, he's an interim head coach. He was not the head coach of this team, right? Uh, he came in. He stepped up. He did a phenomenal job all Absolutely. year long. These, this group got – the President's Award, right? Uh, President's Cup. The President's Cup. Um, you know, so they, they they did a great job. He did a great job stepping into that role and all that, but you can tell he didn't have that experience to be there in that moment. And Absolutely. get those guys riled up. I mean, after that game one loss, you, you even up that series and you go into Tampa Bay, you know you still have that, that home you ice. Got a shot. You know what I mean? You still have a shot at getting getting back that home ice, and it's a, it, it, it plays different into the psyche at that point. But being down two to the defending champs, these guys that – Kicked your ass last year in the first round. You know, granted, it didn't sweep you. You put up a little bit more of a fight, but it was a first round exit. But you still, you and st- then now you're you're back. You know, facing right. them again at you know Big Brother and, and Big Brother's out. You know, bullying you all day. You're getting slapped up. So you're getting slapped up by a team that knows how to win, knows how to execute, knows how to play in big games. And that's a, that's absolutely true. Of the, that was the, the difference. Tampa Bay Lightning, man. That was the difference. And and shout out to Tampa Bay. You know, like like we said, they own the Panthers. Whether it's in the regular season, playoffs, whatever. Um, they're the, they're the team to beat. You know, they're they're literally the team to beat, and and the Panthers can't seem to get over that hurdle right now. Um, you mentioned Coach Bennett; he did do a great job. He did a great job this year of really managing the squad. Maybe he's not an X's and O's like genius or something like that on the ice, but at the very least, you know that that man is is somebody who understands how to pull. Um, pull the team together during adversity and like head towards a common goal because this team did not lose their focus even in in the the, the game three and game four when they're looking down the barrel of of a sweep the team was still playing hard still checking still giving it at all like not at one point did they give up in any game in the series not even in game four being down two zero still going after it still pulling the empty netters and, sh- and and trying to get after it 
Gotta commend that they they had a valiant effort. No, they but did. two two things, two things that I did. I definitely wanted to mention that I noticed from a novice hockey fan's perspective, mm-hmm. where they dominated us. And one of them is clearly evident. It was a big topic of conversation. Was the power play right? We underperformed on the power plays. They Mightily. excelled in the power play. I mean, if it was a power play, then you knew Tampa it, was scoring absolutely. Obviate. And then <laughs> if it was a power play for us, it was like, oh God, is this is this drought going to continue? And sure enough, right. it did. It it, it, it continued and it was bad. We needed to score on those plays. One other area, and this just happened now in Game Four. You know, we, we they scored a goal on us off, off of this faceoffs, man. Yeah, real close. You know what I mean? And those little jabs, you got to clear that puck. You like you were t- saying last episode, you win between the blue lines, right? Right. You got to keep that in between there. And when, anytime that we're not there, and it, it's 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 going to be bad for us. And we saw time and time again off those faceoffs, quick goals. Right. We they were scra- they're better on the scramble. You know what I'm saying? And we, right. we 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 were not composed in those moments. No, it's 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 what Tampa Bay's um experience allows them, right? It allows them to play a little bit physical and execute their game plan within the within their half of the ice. And the Panthers were just allowing themselves to be dominated, you know? Just they they really had no answers for what was happening, right? And that's a sweet puck, man. It sucks, bro. I got my souvenir. I got my Stanley Cup playoffs yeah, 2022 puck. We made it. Hey, at least we broke the drought 26 years of the first round exit. We made it past the first round uh, only to get the door slammed in our in face, face by the lightning. But, but you know what? Look, all good, dog. You know what it is? I'm still going to – I'm going to. I'm not going to be that fan because I, I got no biases. I mean, I, I'm a Panthers fan, but right. the Bolts are still – you know, they're still in it. Right, they beat us. They're the defending champs. They're still in Florida. I'd rather them go on to win it, so that we can say, you know what? At, at least we, you know, we're losing to the the ultimate champion. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it'll be amazing to see them win the the Stanley Cup three years in a row. Right, and then the Panthers at that point, it's like, hey, dude, we had a great team, but shit, this was like, this is history being made. There's right, a reason why right we before can't, our eyes, why we know? can't exactly. get over the hump. Exactly, but I'll I'll leave this Panthers segment where like you know because this is probably the last Panthers segment we're gonna do for a while. Yeah. Um. I'll leave it with like a with with three things, right? Number one, um, I was kind of let down by our stars, right? Barkov, Hubie, Ekblad, Reinhardt, even Verhage. You know what I mean? Like all those guys. I'm not going to say that they, they had a terrible season. No, they had a great, amazing season. All of them, all Coll- of them, collectively. collectively and individually, right? They all did their part. Uh, but yeah, they got to show up in the playoffs and they got to learn how to do that. Um, second thing. I think that the coach deserves another shot. You know, maybe you give him a two-year contract, even though you're not sold on the second year. But you kind of have to find a way to keep some type of consistency in order to build off of something. I feel like if we get a brand new guy and you know he's not familiar, then I feel like we're just hitting the reset button. We, I really feel like the coach should get a shot. And um, lastly, let's see how it bodes out for them next year. I, I really continue to have high hopes for this franchise. Um, they just made it another round further, right? Um, broke some history, got a playoff win, a series win under their belts, and now they can feel like, okay, at least as a unit, as a franchise, we're moving in the right direction. We're getting to the places and the achievements that we want to get to. Um, we just got to continue to build. Hopefully they continue to add to the team, right? I'd like to see maybe another defenseman, maybe another wing, who knows? Let's see. We'll see, man. Long, long time for hockey season, but uh, I'm definitely a fan now. I'm all in, so yeah. I, can't, I can't wait to see what happens uh, in this offseason and looking forward to the next season. Me too, man. Um, Go Cats. Yeah, absolutely. And even though we were playing golf this weekend, we, we still made time to watch golf. How's that? With the PGA Championship. You know, I mean, we got to keep our, our ear to the ground here. We can't just uh, 
not work. I mean, I mean, we have a sports podcast we do weekly. Absolutely. You know, we got to be up to date with these things. And when there's a major championship, we got to talk about it, especially when the homie is in it. When Tiger Woods is playing in a tournament, you know, you got to talk about that. You got to you got to make sure you're watching and you're paying attention because not only is this guy a living legend currently playing um he's doing his damnedest to stay with the pack and stay ahead of the field which is crazy um made the cut it did he, make the uh, cut he made the cut i mean tiger's only playing in majors right now uh so it's nice to tune in and see the big cat first day i mean i think he started off the first hole of the whole championship with a birdie uh you know he stuck it close and made it and stuff and uh or maybe it was a second hole i can't remember but early on i know he did and it was like oh come on big cat let's let's have a week and uh he did he did have a week you know where he made the cut um but man those he injuries was, but he was in pain dog he was grimacing left and right early on um and so you know it it, it was like i don't know how much it was this was like looking at a boxer get his like face beat in but like he just has no quit in him right and it's like when, when are they gonna throw in the towel and sure enough, I mean, Tiger, you know, it's not like him, but he, he threw in the towel, man. He, he he had to withdraw from the tournament, and it was sad to see that. You can tell that he was thugging it out yeah, in the second round, um, second day, because he, like, almost after every shot, he was grimacing. He couldn't really turn his hips. He was having a hard time staying planted. Um, I'm sure you noticed as well as I did that the first day he just went with a lot of stingers, four irons, three irons, five irons. Yeah, he wasn't hitting driver too he much. He wasn't hitting driver too much. The second day he was like, I got to crank out some more yardage to get a little bit closer because I'm a little bit behind on my scorecard. You can tell that kind of affected him. Um, and him having to generate that much extra power to get those 10, 20, 30 yards on that drive. You can tell it ultimately cost him, bro. Because nah, bro. I mean, he's not 100%, bro. He's he, not. You can see it. He's not. He's and not. what he went through near. after the car crash and shit, like, it's, it's, it's a miracle that he's even playing and made two cuts in two major championships. While walking I the mean, entire course. That's a feat. Dog. That's an amazing feat. For a guy of his age, right, with how hard he plays, um, the type of game that he's used to playing and the level, for him to still be able to compete and like I said, make the cut. The dude made the cut. He just couldn't physically make it, you know, but he made the cut. He played well enough to be in there Saturday, Sunday. So I'm looking forward to seeing him progress more and more, you know, as he gets better, is able to work out, continue to work on the game and get used to his body adjustments and whatnot and, and see how it affects him. Man. Yeah, what I, I haven't seen yet, what I want to know is exactly what happened to him, you know, what, what caused right. him to, you know, withdraw exactly what was the reason and is it something that, you know, is like, oh, he aggravated something or is it like another setback, mm. you know? Is it because he's had issues with his back, he's had issues with the neck, his, his legs now? Yeah. It's a lot, man. It's a lot of mileage on that, catching on that up. chassis. So, you know, it's it's catching up to him. But anytime the big cat's there, I mean, he's too, just to see the gallery and the crowds. And, dog, talk about that opening day pairing. It was Jordan Spieth, Oof, Rory, Rory, and, and freaking Tiger, and dog. Tiger, dog. I mean, Amazing. talk about yeah, between them, they had like 21 major championships yeah. or something like that. And that like day, that. Rory was what on a group, fire. Which was surprising because Rory norm- notoriously has been having very bad first rounds. Right. Which always puts him out of contention in the end because he fires off crazy Sunday rounds and then he kind of like backdoors a top 10 but misses it because of the fact that he had a horrible opening round. Mm -hmm. So he started off with an an amazing opening round and it was like, oh, is this the week that Rory dominates again? He wins another major by more than five, six strokes. Like, is is this the time? But he didn't. uh, And we saw other people step up. No, we saw other people step up around that same day. Like, Will Zadatoris, he was in contention. He was in the top 10 all week, top five, all week, right, in and out of the top five. Um, and even the winner, Justin Thomas. Oh, well, yep. 
He turned it up on Friday and was like, let me get myself a yeah. little bit closer to okay, this Okay, round Thursday. Right. Round Friday. Let me get myself a little bit closer to this top 10. And then Saturday, I can make a push. And then Sunday, he was just a Saturday. He put himself in contention for Sunday. Sunday, he was just able to ride and let it go. And ultimately, he played amazingly this that Sunday and, you know, had to go down to the wire. Yep. Literally the wire. He ends up tying uh, he, him and, and Zalatoris end up tying. I would like for you to call him by his real name. Uh, Mr. Mr. Gilmore's caddy. caddy. Yeah, please. Yeah, so Justin Thomas and Mr. Gilmore's caddy uh, ended up tying. They were both uh, five under, so they headed over to a playoff. And... Uh, Justin won it. I mean, yeah. it was you know it, you look you look at those two players. No, nothing against Will Zalatoris. You know he's a phenomenal player, phenomenal, player, phenomenal ball striker, questionable putter of the ball. Uh, but dude, you're talking Justin Thomas. This guy's a third generation golfer. You know, comes from a golf family. He's best friends with Tiger Woods. Like he's been in big moments. You talk about the Ryder Cup, team events, individual, the players. You know, now a second major championship for him. I mean, he he's been there before and. It was we saw that man. So congrats to to Justin on that, adding that major trophy to the to the resume. Man. And he that's, needed that's it. That's awesome. I don't think he needed it, but it helps. I'm not saying that he needed it in order to like save his career or anything like that, but like he needed it to for the rest of the year, right? Because it's still early. We're we're in what March? No, okay, March. We're in May, right? End of yeah, May. End of May. This is the second championship tournament of the season. Like, go ahead and get yourself one. Right, get it out the way because you know that the other tournaments that that are coming up down the line they mean something to you. You really want to show out there, right? Because maybe you haven't played as well in them as you know you can. So it's good to get this PGA Championship under your belt and say, "All right, I got one. I got a major. Let me keep working on my game. I don't need that number one ranking. I don't need the number three ranking, right? Because we saw the number one ranked player not even make the cut in Scotty Scheffler. Um, I just need to go out there and continue to work on my game and play my game and. I feel like Justin did that. I feel like uh, Zalatoris did that. Another top five in a major. I mean, right? The kid, the kid, he's he's due. He's, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna win one. Yeah. Um, but Even I speed. Think, I think this was necessary for him. He's gonna learn off of this, and he's gonna come back, and he's gonna get better, man. Yeah, man. And even Jordan Speed, I felt like he played a good round of weekend golf. He didn't um, play amazingly. He played better. He played better the week before that when he was out in Oklahoma. Yeah, um, at the Southern. No, not, not Oklahoma. That that was a championship. Uh, the week before they were out in Texas, and he came in second place. Um, so I, I actually had Jordan, you know, in, in my family for for this week or whatnot. But he didn't have a great week, man. He, he kind of struggled a little bit this week. Um, but. It, it, it's all good. He's he's coming back. I, I like where Jordan's game's at right now. Exactly. You know, I feel like he. And something that I love that ESPN does, man, because they get those mics on these guys, and you get to hear him working it out. Like, well, he'll hit a shot and say, "No, come back." And he's oh, talking. Yeah. He's one of the most talkative golfers. He's talking with his caddy, and he's like, "Well, you know, I'm trying to do this, and I'm trying to end up here. Yeah. What do you think?" And the caddy's like, "Maybe you should give it another five yards." Those are the things that lets you know that he's working. Yeah, you know, no, he's no. not just playing; he's working no, his mind for the next shot, for the next round, for the next day that he has to play. No, especially. I mean, he has a phenomenal relationship with his caddy, Michael Greller, and, mm. and those conversations. That 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 to me is more exciting than the actual commentary from like Faldo or right or or Nance or somebody. You know what I mean? Like, I would rather hear those little conversations or whatnot but hell of a pga championship week we got two majors down we got yep. two more to go so yep. we have the open uh over the pond across the pond and then we also have the u.s open. open right so those are the two next ones obviously we'll be covering those but shout out to justin thomas uh big win, for, for the big win and shout out to the big cat the goat 
Hopefully, uh, you're doing better, big guy, and we'll see you at the next major. Um, and a shout-out to Mr. Gilmore's caddy, man, because I really feel like this kid is is going to be a formidable opponent for oh, all yeah. these big-name guys in, like, Absolutely. two years. He's going to be the guy. Oh, it could, it could, be, it could, could be, be sooner. It could be sooner. It could be sooner. Hey, so uh, our uh, guest is actually here, so why don't Let's we do run it. and grab him? All right, and we're back. We're back. It's your boy So here with Joel. You and do that every time? Every time. Right. I mean, people know what's up, dog. How about we introduce the guest? Let's do that. We have now joining us, friend of the program, uh, super cool dude, very knowledgeable on sports. He knows the the ins and outs of the Marlins and Dolphins, Panthers, Heat. But right now, we're going to focus on talking mostly Marlins and a little bit of Dolphins, right, with the homie, Devin. Devin! Devin in the building. Yo. Oh man, this Not, is so this funny. Is perfect. Was, I love this it, is man. perfect. I love it. No, this is perfect. So you don't understand. He met this guy at some point. I know in his this life. guy. He knows I guy. know this guy. Maybe he's a fan. Maybe he's he listening. is. He Maybe is. He's shout out to right Devin. So he is. He Deven. is. Shout out to. But Deven. his name is Devin, which is Steven, but with a D. Yeah. <laughs> right. So then we were talking about it when we were talking about having you on the show, and I, and then he would, the one thing he told me was like the one thing I don't want to do is to. Say his name wrong and call him Devin, which is this guy that I know. <laughs> and, and I'm I, looking at him dead in his eyes, too, dog. Yeah, dog. And the whole time I was, I was like, that's for sure going to happen because you put it out there. And <laughs> how perfect is it that to introduce you, he called you Devin. I Ladies and it, gentlemen, man. my little brother, Devin Davalos. Devin, bro, welcome to the show, dog. Thank you for having me, guys. Oh, uh, thank you. <laughs> to be honest, it's not the first time I've gotten my name botched. I mean, growing up in HA, man. Like, Oof, that must have been time, horrible. <laughs> all the time, man. My my name's not a Hispanic name, so, you know. Bro, it's not, but it's not that bad, though. When you tell people your name, you would expect them to, like, oh, it's oh, Devin? Oh, Devin. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. right. My name, bro, I, you don't know how many times I'll call, like, I'll call a call center or something, and they'll be like, and with who do I have the pleasure of speaking with? And I'm like, yeah, Joel. And they'll be like, okay, Joel. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm not that Billy is Joel. Literally not the words that I like. Where, where did you hear? I don't Billy even, Joel. That's where they get it from, dog. dog. A so thousand exactly. percent is from Billy Joel. Yeah, exactly. Man, I, I totally get the botch names. But. It happens, man. It happens. But you know what? That's on me because I put it out there into the universe. I shouldn't have even said shit, and we would have been fine. Yep. But whatever. Devin is here, and we're going to talk sports. We're going to bring him on, and uh, we're excited to have you here, bro. Um, let's let's go. Let's get right into it. Let's talk Dolphins, right? Everybody's favorite subject. Um, we got OTA starting this week. That's organized training activities for those who don't know football lingo. And there's a lot to look forward to with this Dolphins team, right? We have year three of Tua, which is probably the make or break year. Make or break, big time. Right? We big have Let's we, go. Ha- we have the new coach, McDaniel in town. A lot of expectations, a lot of weapons, a lot of movements to get him what he needs. Mm-hmm. Right? And then we have the other piece of that, right? The defensive coordinator stays. Is the defense going to be the same? We made some moves. We recently signed Ingram. We saw them make moves on the offensive side. It's going to be interesting because I feel like this OTAs is going to, like, OTAs is obviously where the team starts to put everything together, not necessarily implement a game plan, but at least see what type of shape the guys are in and and what they can possibly offer to the team for this upcoming season. You have the honors of kicking us off. Tell us what you think about the moves that the Dolphins have made so far, Devin, and whether or not you like them or well, definitely the the big headliner was Tyreek Hill. Yeah. You know, but I'm interested in seeing how the draft picks um, 
Joe and yeah, man, because you know they didn't really have too many this mm. year, and I don't think they drafted until the third round. Right, really, right. So, being that you don't have a first round pick nor a second rounder, like, how, how well did you hit on these draft picks late in in the draft? You know, yeah. Um, I think that's big, and and when it comes to football, it's a lot of it's system based. You know, very true. Yeah. And then you know what? You, you bring up a good point there because something that we've talked about and a lot of Dolphins fans have a lot of questions about is how good is Chris Geary, Greer as a GM? Right? I mean, a year ago, you were calling him the Consiglieri. A year ago, right? But two years ago, people wanted him out, right? And we weren't sure what direction he was taking this team. And then we get Tua, we get the coach, we get a, you know, things happen, we make moves. Now we got a new head coach and we're moving towards the offensive side of the ball. We get Waddle, we get Phillips, Holland in one draft. So it's like, damn, what's the identity? You know, we've always talked about that. And the draft picks kind of seem to point to that, right? Where we want to be a balanced team. We pick some guys on offense. We pick the, uh, an important part on defense, and mm-hmm. that's how we're trying to be. We're going to be a balanced team. We're not going to be great on offense. We could be great on offense with a guy like Tyreek Hill, right? But are those pieces that we're putting together going to be supplemented by the guys that we signed in this offseason? That's what, that's the real question for me. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I just I can't believe we're sitting here talking about practice. <laughs> Not a game. Not a game. Not a game, which is where we measure actual performance with wins and losses. But we over here sitting talking about practice. <laughs> OTAs at that. Not even real practice. No, OTAs are real practice. No, bro. They're not mandatory. Not. I, like you said a couple episodes ago, I want to see training camps against other teams. Yeah. I want to see what we do against other guys that are not our practice squad guys. I want to go against first-team defenses. And when we get to that point... I will have a little bit more insight as to my feelings towards this Dolphins team. But for right now, two is the guy. This is the year. Tyreek is fast. This is the year Waddle. for what? This is the year to go to the Super Bowl, baby. Oh. Okay, so I have a question. <laughs> Come on, baby. Go Let's ahead. go, Fins. Because no question is too dumb after the comment that this guy just made. <laughs> so feel free to follow it up with whatever you want. I'm just trying to spice some things up. Go How ahead. How long Dougie. is the leash on Tua? It's this year. What leash? No, it's I'm this just year. saying. Like, what how this year? Let's it's say he goes year. out. Let's say he has a couple bad games. Right. You know, how long How long is it that they stick with him? Before they go before, to the backup? Before they say he's clearly not the guy. Uh, I think if he go, if he has a losing record this year, I think that, that that's what is going to determine it. But I think I think they'll let that get, you know. I think last, I think two was given us enough that we know that he, you know, with the tools that he had, he was able to produce when he was healthy. Mm. I think this is the first year he is 100% healthy going into the season. I think this year he has the most tools around him. I think this year he has the best head coach as far as what he needs for his skill set going into this. Right. And honestly, I think that, you know, there, there's a lot of confidence in, in Tua. And the fact that they have Teddy Bridgewater to back him up in case of an injury. I mean, the Dolphins, the, the, I think the Dolphins know what they have right now. And they're in a good position. And I think the leash is pretty long in, in in this in, in terms of this season if he doesn't do well if he stays healthy and he doesn't perform he doesn't get the ball where he needs to he doesn't throw the deep ball when, when he's asked to if they ever ask him to do it because there's <laughs> concerns around that i guess i guess if that stuff doesn't happen then yeah two is out of here but i think he's primed to have the best season he's had since he got drafted and i think that he's going to turn a lot of heads this year for me i think the the leash is 12 games 10 to 12 games <clears throat> Might me. as well give him the full season at that point. I'll tell so. you why, though, because like 
if it's what Devin said, if if the Dolphins are winning games, but Tua is not playing well, and we're winning those games in spite of Tua, meaning a pick six to end the game, a block field goal attempt, something like that, where it's all defensive and special teams. Which you asked about identity. I, I think that has That's, been more of our identity. Right, to be the defensive team and, and let the offense be what it may or do what it can. Right. Right? I, I feel like personally it's 10 to 12 games because if it's that, damn, you know, we're two games above 500, we're six and four, we're a game out of the playoffs, we're a game or two out of the wild card spot, but Tua isn't really doing it, I think they might just give Teddy B a, a look, at least in practice, to say, what do you got going on? Let's see how you, you, you look with the first team snaps. Is there a, at all a real possibility where Tua loses a starting job in training camp to nah, Teddy Bridgewater? I don't think so. I don't, I don't think, think so either. Hasn't been discussed, but I just thought of it. I mean, I mean, I know, I know there's a ton of Dolphins fans that are sick of Tua that are not bought in. My brother being one of them. You seem like yeah. you're a little skeptical, Devin, of, of I mean, Tua. Go ahead, let it out, dog. Let it out. Yeah. I was skeptical. I was skeptical of him coming out of college because mm. of the injury. Not because of the injuries. No, okay. No. It was, it was mainly because I thought when the when he played a good defense in Clemson, he kind of got choked exposed. a little bit. Yeah, yeah, he got exposed. Mm. Um, I remember clearly one during the national championship, um, he had he had uh, there was a blitz, right? And I, I think. It happened to him, and it happened to um, the quarterback from uh, Clemson. Um, oh, uh, Trevor Lawrence. Trevor, Trevor Lawrence, Lawrence. yeah. Um, and the announcers were explaining it. Uh, you know, you're supposed to you're supposed to go to your checkdown on that on that play. They both got the same exact same play, blitz. same blitz, man. It was disguised and everything. You know, Trevor Lawrence was able to pick it up like this. Tua, not so much. Mm. And that that was kind of like my concern. Yeah, yeah, but those are things that you can learn. I mean, uh, you, you can, can you, you can, learn yeah, decision absolute, making like that? Absolutely, you can, bro. Absolutely, you're not just born with that decision making, bro. Some people are that they have that natural IQ, like a Peyton Manning or a Tom Brady. But there's guys that work at it, dude, like a Aaron Rodgers who had to sit behind a Brett Favre and and learn and develop behind them before he was able to go out there and do it himself. I absolutely believe that can be learned, but I think that the the concern with Tua has always been, you know, it, it, he's not he's a lefty, he's not prototypical in the sense that you know he's not a tall quarterback that can, that's a gunslinger right. like a, like a Herbert, but he's also not a scrambler like Kyler Murray. So where does he fall, right? And those are the, those are the questions around him, and you know with the deep ball, with the injury, all that stuff. But there's one thing I know the kid is, and that's a winner. He's been a winner at every level. Of of his life and there's no reason why I, my in my eyes that he can't perform at the highest level which is in the NFL and be an elite quarterback in the NFL and yes I just said Tua can be elite I mean Steve Young was elite and he had the same profile right yeah well you're but Steve Young. No, I mean it's true. Steve Young he didn't did. have you know, it's a, but it's a different ball strong game. arm. I get it, but still, and even in that era where you needed to have a strong arm, right? Because you had more opportunities yeah. to throw down the field, or you needed to get away from the guy who was coming for your head, literally, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Steve Young was able to find success, and I feel like that's what the tour supporters are are banking on or standing on. Absolutely. They're standing on his successes in college. Um, how accurate he is, the type of leadership that he can provide a team, right? Because he is a leader. The team does respect him. The guys do follow behind mm-hmm. 
Um, even Tyreek Hill, who just got here, knows that, damn, this, this dude, too, is really, really about what he says. Uh, Does I, it translate to the field? Tyreek just said, and I quote, Tua throws the prettiest football of anybody I've ever had thrown. I don't doubt it. Just want to throw it's it out. It's a big, big statement. Big statement. Bold. I mean, bold. Considering he had Patrick Mahomes throwing bold. the ball. But, mm-hmm. uh, anyways, dude, listen. I, I know we get fired up over the Dolphins. We've kind we have got all day with time. the Dolphins. I, I really want to get into what we brought Devin here for, do which it. is the Martins. Any other thoughts on the Dolphins OTAs in practice? Nothing. I just One thing, one group to look at is the running back group. Okay. That's the group to look at. See who Agreed. comes out on top there. Agreed. I like that. We'll, we'll, we'll follow up more on that the next uh, Absolutely. talk. We'll talk about uh, the, the running, the back, running back core there. But, yep. uh, dude, Marlon's been struggling this year. Um, that's why we wanted you to get in here. I know you're you're like the, the rain man when it comes to Marlon's baseball. We had a, a nice, <laughs> yes, quick sir. conversation uh, just the other day, and, and you were telling me some good stuff as far as things that I'm not seeing and I'm not, I'm not privy to right now uh, just because I'm at the surface level and you're, you're really down there. So that's the reason we wanted to get you in here today. Give us yeah. a give us a little bit of insight on on this current uh, Marlins season, right? Well, how we've looked, um, things that the average fan might have missed, and um, who's been your best player so far? Perfect. Yeah. So um, the Marlins started off hot, man. They really In April, did. they were really good. Um, you know, over five hundred and in second place. Um, which is saying a lot, man. Second place because but the Mets that, are are they're the really good. Cream of the crop in the really division good. this year. Now this really was this good. was April though. You're talking about right? Correct. Yeah, you're talking but then, about a season that was yeah pushed back and it didn't start when it was hey, supposed hey. to. Correct. Seven yeah. game I'm win just, streaks are nothing just, to look scoff hey, I, at, I'm, look over, I'm or anything. Just like throwing that. that out there. Okay, okay. got to throw agree. the context out there. We can't okay. forget. So yeah. So then, because of the lockout. as soon as May rolled around, yep. Which it's is when the been a completely different story. Um, you know, I, I don't know, man. Looking at this team, I I don't see them getting into the postseason. Right. But I wouldn't be surprised if they're in the playoff hunt until midway through September. That's nice. And I'll take that. The reason is because they're starting pitching. Mm. They have a phenomenal starting pitching staff led by Pablo Lopez this wait, year. Wait, 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 wait. I got to dispute you. You don't think that Sandy's the clear now number one on this team? Man, Sandy is the guy that they're building around. Right. But Pablo is proving this year that he is the, the better man. pitcher. Yes. Okay, that's fair. I mean, Pablo, until his last start, was leading baseball in ERA. Yeah, 1.1, I think, 1.0. Yeah. Like he was killing it. Still killing it. He's still killing it. Still killing it. <laughs> and he pl- he starts tonight against Tampa Bay. Right. The game's actually happening right now while we're recording. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a tough matchup. Tampa Bay is no joke. Um and yeah, tell it to the Panthers. <laughs> Absolutely, right? Listen, man. That's enough. That's all right. That's all right. Hey, I'm okay. wearing the hat, dude. I'm wearing that's the enough. Hat. We got the puck out, we got the hat on. Come on. Sorry. Positive vibes for the Panthers. Yeah, man. But the Rays, they're they're a good team, man. And Pablo's in for a tough matchup. Who do you, um, who do you think has been the best player so far? Whether it's a pitcher or or um, I know you mentioned Pablo Lopez, um, and he's out and out, definitely stats-wise, the guy, right? Um, but talk to me about, tell me who you think has been probably the most consistent performer that the Martins have had this season. I would say Jazz, mm. Jazz Chisholm Jr. Um, he's definitely taken a step up. Yeah. I mean, I was looking at his advanced stats the other day on Fangraphs.com. Um his strikeout percentage has gone down, Oof. which is good, and he's putting the ball in play a little bit more. Hard hit percentage is going up. That means he's barreling the ball up a little mm-hmm. bit more. 
Um, Jazz is coming into his own as probably one of the best, if not the best second baseman in baseball right now. Mm. Um, That's he, pretty strong because the other day we were talking about how he has that potential for superstardom, especially yeah. down here. I mean, two Absolutely. years ago, this is a guy that two years ago was fighting for that spot that second spot on our team. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and that's a bold statement right there. But no, he he definitely has that 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 uh, star power, right? Yeah, uh, he has the ability. He has like you know the uh, the. The cloud around him, you know, he has a personality, the persona, you know, he, yeah. he's destined to be a, a, a big time player. Now, the question is, is, is this going to be standard, typical Marlins operation where, you know, he does well for us a little bit. He's a standout and then we can't really do anything to put around him. So he's got to he go somewhere else to be a star because he's not going to do it here. Man, I hope not. But let me let me just say this. Um, I think they went into this offseason not really thinking that they can compete because they, you know, they ended up signing Avisel Garcia. Right. Which I think was a good signing. Decent Avisel so Gar- far? Yeah, decent. So far, know? right? Um, I don't think, I think he's gotten off to a slow start. And uh, Avi, from his track record, could be a big impact bat for us, right? Right. Um, but the biggest offseason signing was Soler. And he got off to a slow start. Um, I think he was hitting like 170 two weeks ago. Correct. Now he's at 211. I mean, he he's heating up a bit. And Good. We need if it. We can get those two guys going. I think offensively, the Marlins can can do make some noise. However, if they were not, I think Soler's gone. Damn, Soler is absolutely getting you traded. Think first year in, because this is what this is what I was thinking, right? Like. You see jams. You see jazz. You're like, okay, this guy's a building block. You can't yeah. move this guy, right? He's a building block. Um, <clears throat> you sign. You have a guy like Jesus Sanchez come up, right? He's another building block. I can't move this guy, right? You look at the pitching staff. I got this guy here. I got Sandy here. I got Pablo here. I got T-Raw here. I can't move these guys right now. Whether they're having great season or not, these guys are building blocks. I felt like when we got Soler, it was like, okay, this is going to be not necessarily a building block, but at least a foundation for something else to come up on top. Where we're like, all right, we have a prospect that we want to bring up in two years. Let's let Soler do his thing, become a fan favorite, have a good season down here, sell some jerseys, sell some merchandise, and we'll get the community involved, maybe get an extra 500,000 people into the stadium every night just because he's here. Damn, that's crazy to see that, to know that he's possibly a target for other teams. I mean, obviously he would be a target, but to see, to to hear that the Marlins would be that quick to get off, like get off of like get rid of his contract or get rid of him as a player, that's yeah. crazy. Well, that's the way they operate in baseball. I mean, the thing is with Soler, they signed him to a 3-year deal. Mm. But he has an opt out after every single year. So technically, if he has a good year, he can be a free agent. Yeah. So if they get off to a bad first half and they're not in the race, They'll the suck. best thing to do is to trade him away, get a prospect or two for him, and there's definitely a contending team that will look at him and say, man, he's a bad. what he did for Atlanta last season, maybe he can, maybe we could catch lightning in a bottle twice. Yeah. Right. You know? So I look at it like that, man. Um, and then on top of that, our best hitting prospect in the minor leagues is a corner outfielder right now who also plays first base. Nice. Um, his name is Herrar Incarnacion. Tearing it up Dominican? this year. Is he Dominican? Yeah. 
I think I saw him on yeah, the tweet, yo. Just, just Craig Mish was like, this guy, Craig Mish on Twitter was like, bro, Google guy over this guy. Like, he's this, he's that. And I'm like, oh, Craig usually doesn't get too excited about players, but he was definitely excited about this guy. Yeah. So you, th- you think that this guy is the next guy? I think that if they call any of their prospects up, it's going to be definitely Harar. Because, Raw. I mean, he struggled last year. Okay. But then he came back into this year absolutely tearing the cover off the ball, man. Fire. Like, I think he hit 343 in double A with like six or seven home runs in the first month. That's impressive. And then they called him up to triple A. And in his first two games, home run, home run. I'm like, yeah. this guy is on on a now, mission. Now, the the only concern I have, obviously, is like, you know, whenever we're talking to guys that that from our system that we move up and stuff, one of the guys that comes to mind, I could be way off, is Lewis Brinson. Oh, I feel that like guy. that's a guy that, yeah. you know, we had in that system, and he did well there. He thrived there, and then we brought him up, you know, to the majors, and he really didn't do shit for us like we thought. You know what I mean? And that's the concern. Yeah. So where, where do you think that miss was, and do you think that, you know, Encarnacion, this 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 young prospect, is is on that path, or do you think he, he would do better than say a Brinson? Well, you see, the thing is with prospects, you never know. Like there, there's a lot of prospects that hit extremely well in the minor leagues, and then when they get to the big leagues, they miss. Lewis right? Brinson, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Lewis Brinson is one. I mean, I can name a bunch of others that just teetered out once they got to the big leagues. Right. Um. One one uh really good example is Will Middlebrooks of the Red Sox years ago um like this i mean i can go on and on but the, there are prospects that will hit like you know Christian Yelich, Giancarlo Stanton right so you got to give these guys a shot and Jazz. my and my my argument has like, always been I like, like how you went to two ex Marlins players that did better after yeah. they left the Marlins <laughs> but yeah. they were studs he here but they, it's not like they weren't studs here they were studs here No they were they, they were, were studs but here, I'm just saying know? I like that those were the two players he chose Easy yeah. to pick man By the way you saw Stan the other day get heckled and then he just line drive one like, Yep. Dude, the, fact, laser that, the fact that he can hit home runs that don't get above like twenty feet off the ground is like one of the most impressive things I've ever seen. He's I really feel I really feel like he if somebody tried to catch that, it would literally fucking blow up their glove. You might break your whole hand. By the For way, sure Aaron Judge Aaron Judge literally probably gonna have a better year than, than Barry Bonds. That guy is yeah, on killing a it. mission. He's killing it. I have no idea what's good what judges talk to me real quick. What's Judge doing right now? Judge has like seventeen homers. Like yeah, he's smashing dude, it. He is hitting like 330. <laughs> the guy's a monster, man. Well, I heard right the Yankees now. aren't doing that great this year. Oh, no, they're doing great, actually. Are they? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. it's the Sox that aren't doing great. It's the right. Sox. Yeah. Thanks. That's your, that's your Thanks, team. Thanks, bro. Thanks, yeah, bro. man. Yeah. <laughs> Always throwing the jabs. All right, we'll come back to the Marlins then. <laughs> yeah, let's um, come back to the Marlins. So, I mean, dude, uh, you know, you talked about pitching. We have a phenomenal pitching, you know, staff. Uh, but the problem is, man, that, you know, like with Alcantara, you know, he's having great games that he pitches, and we're just not showing up with the bats to back him up and losing games in the last couple innings. I mean, I don't know how many times that's happened already this season. Yeah, that. I think I think the biggest issue is the bullpen. Um, you know, statistically speaking, the bullpen is is not that bad uh, from an ERA standpoint. But I think they haven't figured out the closer role, and that's a big big spot. You know, um, the best teams in baseball have good closers. Of course, you know you have to be able to um, nail down the W. When yep. when you're when you have a lead late, so um, the Marlins have tried uh, a guy by the name of Anthony Bender. On, Six on a few so games. far, 
Yeah, but not great. Not, not yeah, great. Not consistent. Especially yeah. for the, how many close games the Marlins have been in, right? Yeah. Where you get a great performance from a Pablo, from a Sandy, they go seven. The bullpen actually comes in, does its job, holds it down, and then boom, we blow a safe. Yeah, I, and the thing about Bender is, you know, I see, I've seen him pitch more than enough to know that, like, man, he throws a hundred, but he has no idea where the ball is going. Yeah, it's no and, control. And I think I would put him in the seventh if if I were Mattingly. Just you know, throw cheese. seventh or eighth, like low pressure situations, and and. Um, I think they need to keep searching, man. Keep searching for that bullpen arm. Um, one of the things that was a little bit unfortunate was we had a guy by the name of uh, Dylan Floro um, that we got from the Dodgers last year. And, you know, Floro pitched great for us last year. I think he, he blew, like, uh, only a few saves. Okay. But he had, like, 19 saves, maybe. Nasty. 15, That's pretty good. saves. That's pretty good. Some, somewhere around that line. And... This year, got hurt in spring training. Damn. And, you know, had to rehab his way back. I think he just got back. So now we'll see how it goes. But at, at least there's open competition in that department. Because you touched on something that I really felt was the, the Marlins' strongest point, which was their starting pitching. You know, you have T-Raw, you have Alcantara, you have Pablo Lopez now. Um, you have these arms that you can go out there. Let, let's not forget a Jesus Lazardo. Yeah, who Lizardo got hurt. Lazardo was killing it before he went down with his injury. Yes, sir. So that's four guys that we have that any day of the week, they, they can go out there and give you six, seven solid innings, maybe keep it under two runs and, and give you a chance to win. But we just haven't seen the bats really respond to the yeah. type of pitching, you know. And, and that's going to be the Marlins story this year, you know. How often are the bats going to be able to match up with the great pitching staff? Yeah, yeah. I think, I mean, and, and we're the only thing four is, games on the 500 right now, 18 and 22. So true. it's not like we're terrible. We're there. We're just finding our way, you know. Yeah. And from a starting pitching depth standpoint, I mean, we have guys waiting in the wings, man. Got a lot of arms. Like, yeah, man. We literally have like a plethora of arms. Um, we have Sixto, who's coming back from Correct. injury. I mean, questionable. Questionable, yeah. Super questionable. I mean, that shoulder surgery is no joke. The problem with Sixto that ruins a lot of guys. is that he's one of those guys that you, that like, like you mentioned, he had a lot of hype, a lot, a lot of reputation, of hype, a lot of man. hype around him, a lot of High expectations. You yeah. would come out here and pitch a game and people would see him speak training and you're, you're killing it. And then boom, you would go down with an injury. And then he's hurt, yeah. You know, and then you're hurt for the whole season and then you got to rehab again. You get back to this point where you're going to start getting ready to crank it up again and then boom. You get hurt again. So it's almost like we got a jalopy. You know, it runs when it when it runs. It's great, but it hardly ever runs. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, bro. That's how I feel that's about Sixto. Damn, that's probably the, the best jalopy? analogy that you've ever said on this show, dog. Mark it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Timestamp that one. That's the clip. And not just that, man, but, you know, our top pitching prospect right now, Max Meyer. Um, He's yet to he make has an elbow situation right now, and I'm a little concerned about that. Like, Me too. You know, they're downplaying it as if it's not a big injury. But, man, anytime you talk elbow, you're talking about Tommy, Tommy John, John and a year off. Especially so. with a kid so young who throws so hard. Yep. It's scary. It's yep. scary because then you, you, you're really wondering how severe is that injury and how much is it going to take away from him. Absolutely. Absolutely. If all you got is power pitching, you got no control, you got no sliders, you got no pitchers with movement and shit like that, sorry, bro, but you're not going to be a good prospect. And you're definitely going to have to be a master at that in order to make it in the, in the majors. Yeah. So. But I say I say this team's gonna be different, man, in the second half because Me too. um 
obviously, like, once they start to trade away guys like Soler, maybe Jesus Aguilar. Um, I heard even something that Pablo might get traded because of his contract situation. I would say I would say it's they possible. should probably look at, at moving one of the pitchers because <laughs> since you have so much pitching depth, it's like... Yeah, but a lot of it is questionable, though. Yeah, but let's say... Let's say they move Pablo, right? Right. Let's say they bring in like two or three bats, like legit bats, mm-hmm. right, to improve the offense. Right there, you just made your offense better, and you only lost one starting pitcher. Straight up. You know? Yeah, I get it. I get it. I mean, like, look, we we know this, right, because we've seen it a bunch of times with Marlins seasons year in and year out. And the Marlins are always going to be sellers at the right opportunity. Yeah. They're not just going to sell players to sell players. And something that I have liked, and I, I'd like for you to hit on this before we start to wrap up on the Marlins, um, is that we've always been building up our, our prospects. You know, the prospects that we have, our, our farm system is really, really getting to be top-notch, elite level. We have Kim Ang in the building, who's really taking over all the major roles since the Jeter left. Um and her whole thing was having the farm system be the best that it can, so that way when we it's time to make a move, we know what we're looking for, or what we need, or what we can bring up. Um, talk to me a little bit about the the farm system. You, you mentioned those two guys. Give the fans, um, the listeners, uh, uh, a, a dark, dark, dark sleeper. Or, you know, the last guy that you would ex- they would expect to come up and, and have some type of impact. Man, um, so. <laughs> I would say Yuri Perez is a guy to watch out for. Um, he's 19 years old in Double A, and if he, he sounds comes Cuban, up, no, he's actually Dominican. I believe. Oh shit, Yuri! But, wow. Yeah, yeah, but he's 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 a real deal, man. Nice. Like, he's he's really good. What position does he play? You said he's a pitcher. Ooh. Yeah, I mean hey, another pitcher. We're talking about another right right-handed pitcher, but hey, you know. Never a bad bad problem to have yeah. enough pitchers, right? Yeah, and I would say from a hitting standpoint, uh, obviously we talked about Harar earlier, but um, Griffin Conine is having a better year. Oh, yeah, Jeff Conine's son. Jeff Conine's son, yeah. He's having a it's, better year. Um, it's funny I brought that up. I think we talked about it. I yep. was like, oh, is Conine still playing? And you were like, actually, his son plays for our mind. I was like, no shit. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool as shit. It, I mean, you're talking – all right, so – Last year, he hit 36 home runs in the minor leagues and uh, was second in all of minor league baseball in home runs. Sheesh. Right? I mean, funny, makes sense. Funny thing about that is the guy who was first, um, his he's the son of the head baseball coach at FIU. Nice. Guess where Jeff Conan's coaching right now? FIU. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's hilarious. Man. That's awesome. Such a small world, man. I thought, you, I thought you were going to say that the, the the guy that was number one is now working at Dairy Queen in Oklahoma <laughs> or something. Or maybe on the Marlin staff. Guy, how the hell you... I don't know. Why I so far gonna, left? I thought it was going to take a turn. I thought it was going to take a turn for the worst. I'm sorry. That's just my mind. Oh, well, but, he lost his job. He broke up with his girl. And now he's <laughs> working at Dairy Queen on the midnight shift. That's what I thought it was going, dog, but... <laughs> That's a that's a good note for us to end on, dog. No, let's let's end on that for sure. Um, real quick, we we we're starting a two game series against Tampa Bay in Tampa. We're going on tremendo tremendo road trip right now. We got those two games against them, and then we're heading up to I believe Atlanta, and then after that, going to the Mile High City in Denver, Colorado. Going to be a very tough stretch, the Rockies. Man. Very tough stretch. We're not going to be back until no June, June, dude. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's going to be a tough stretch, man, but we'll see. We'll see what this team is made of, man. I mean, look, going into Denver, I think it kind of makes the arms insignificant because the ball does not yeah, move not, there, right. man. Yeah. And it's a hitter's, like, paradise. Real quick, bro, um, just to kind of wrap up the show, um, I don't know if you've heard about it, Joel, but I've been seeing a lot of news on this lately. Um, I've even heard Jazz and Miguel Rojas complaining about it. The uses of baseballs and all across the major leagues um they're having a real hard time finding some type of like consistency with the balls um that they're using and some of them are reused balls some are brand new like out the factory never been touched and it's like i I just wondered like in your opinion like does that really have an effect on on how the game is played for these guys who are professional athletes i would say it does uh to an extent but i mean look I pitched in high school, and I wouldn't say I was, like, great or anything like that, but um, you could hold I don't think, own. yeah, I mean, I guess, but. <laughs> Devin, don't lie, bro. People are going to see this. Yeah, dog, <laughs> so right, it's gonna, time to go gonna, clean, dog. They're going to be yeah. fact checkers, all right? They're going to talk about that one game where you gave up, like, six Twelve runs. and two and innings. And a lot. There's a lot of those, a lot yeah. of those. So, <laughs> so, just be careful with your words. I was on wax. Walk the bases loaded. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> No man, I got one more in me. May, maybe if I maybe if I use this sticky stuff, I'd probably still be playing. All <laughs> right, that, that's not bad. That's not bad. Yeah, no, but um, you know, it they definitely crack down on the sticky sub, substances, right? And I think uh, a lot of pitchers are you know having a tough adjustment with that because um, you know a lot of these guys growing up through the minor leagues, they they have come have become accustomed to using that stuff mm. and now they're not and it's it's a different ball game man right it's a completely different ball game but um it is baseball though you got to find a way to find the advantage and, and play the game you know and figure the th- it out the thing is is that i don't think baseball is ever really happy man it's like yeah one year it's 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 the hitters and then the next year it's the pitchers robert like, manfred is the worst commissioner ever in all of the major sports ever no terrible, ever terrible. in the history yeah. of sports in I'll the just, history completely sports. agree i'll just say that right now completely, I completely agree with what you're saying so yeah well let's wrap this up dog um yo devin the dude it was good to have you in studio, man. Sam, Thank man. you so much for joining us. We're definitely going to do this again. Oh, Hopefully, absolutely. we're going to knock out another episode where you're on, and we can come have you back in June when the Marlins are home. And uh, hopefully, it. they'll be above 500, if not at least 500. Um, for everybody else, thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Make sure to follow us on social media. Check us out. Uh, follow the crew. You know how we do, man. Make sure you're following this man on Twitter. He's been on a Twitter tirade throughout it, these man. playoffs. And if you're not following Sports with Social on Twitter, you are missing out definitely man and you can always tell a friend to tell a friend to tell another friend to tell one more friend to tell one more friend that you're gonna tag them in this next post and let them know that sports with social dropped another banger that they need to listen to whether it's on youtube or instagram live or tiktok you know we're bringing you that flavor and all that content it's your boy so we got a lot more coming to for you guys and until next time peace. peace